As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey, 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 this is Myra and you have found yourself back in the middle and I am so appreciative and happy that you are there. Um, The community is building, y'all. We are picking up steam. The numbers are increasing. Um, People are finding out about us and I'm so happy, but it would just um, help me out and help others to find us. If you share the podcast once you listen, if you rate the podcast, leave a um, rating on whatever streaming of the podcast um, that you're listening to and as we begin to do all those little things it will allow people to find us and the community will build and grow so do that for us sister if you don't mind so this month is all about dads um last month we took a little bit of sabbatical or hiatus from the dad discussion because of just everything that's going on in our country with um race relations so i felt that it was incumbent upon me to address that Um, But I didn't do a lot of talking last week. I let the other voices who have spoken do the talking because if you want the resources, if you want the information, they are abundant and out there. Uh, I just gave a little bit of my thoughts on it. So go back and listen to the last week's podcast if you haven't already, just to get a little bit of my thoughts and my views and my perceptions on the whole issue. But more importantly, to get some resources on what you can do to move us forward. So today we're going to continue the discussion, we'll start the discussion of dads. And before I talk about what I'm talking about today, I wanted to give you a preview of the remainder of the month. Next week, we are speaking with Shaniqua Bailey-Cager, who is an awesome speaker, awesome woman of God, and daughter of um, E.K. Bailey, who has gone on to be with the Lord, but he was the um, pastor of Concord Church in Dallas before he passed, and he and she is going to just um, give us a glimpse into how you, once you lose like a dad that's in your life and that is so instrumental to you, how do you move on from that? And I hate to say move on. How do you move through that? And she's going to give us some glimpses into her journey that will hopefully inspire and encourage you. And then I am talking to a girl dad, one of my friends from, um, I've been knowing this guy forever, been knowing Daryl since elementary or middle school. And he now has seven kids. Count them seven and out of seven children he has four girls and he's an amazing dad and he's going to talk about um things that you need to look for in a man that makes them a good dad um how he interacts with his girls things that he thinks that every girl needs from a father so make sure to tune in to that and then the last week of june it's me again a solo episode and i'm going to be talking about um I don't know yet. I have so many ideas. I think I'm going to flip it. So just wait. It's going to be more dad talk. I believe that I'm going to wrap up the month with that if you are a single mom who is dating or wants to date, what are some things you should look for before you bring men around your children um, and things you should look for in the character of a man that that will make him a good dad ultimately. So that's what I think I'm going to be talking about. But I'm kind of 
torn between another subject. So anyway, you'll see when I get there. So just hold on tight and keep following. But today we're talking about that dad of the universe, that God is our dad. And I know it's difficult for many of us to feel that first and foremost, because God is like, a deity and we don't feel him we don't feel the flesh on him we don't look him in his eyes he doesn't hug us um, physically and so it's hard to grasp that concept another reason that it's hard to grasp that concept is often we feel that God has not been there for us and that we have had many no's from God that he has told us no in many circumstances and it creates a distance between our father and us and so I know for me that was the biggest reason the biggest struggle that I had in um, feeling that God was my dad. Like I just feel that he's not there or he's telling me some no's on some big major things. And if he was a good dad, why would he do that? And the biggest no that I got from dad that, yeah, I said dad, like it's our all, that it's all of our dads and it is. Yeah. I like that. How that just came out. The biggest no that I got from dad is when he um, decided that I wasn't going to have children biologically ever. Like, he shut it down. Like, I went through menopause early. So, it wasn't like, oh, let's go find some eggs. Let's go take one of Myra's eggs and put her on some um, medication that boosted. Or we're going to even do some, you know, egg retrievals and maybe we fertilize it outside of her. No, God shut it down. I have no eggs to speak of, nothing to fertilize. Like the no cannot get any bigger than that. And all my life, I wanted to be a mom. I even um, obeyed him and began fostering and adopting. And I'm like, why would you say no to something like that? Like, that's a no that just don't make sense. And how would a good dad say no to something like that? And so I had to go on a journey and a research. And that's what you need to do whenever you feel that like any question about God, it's okay to question God. It's okay to question what he's doing, but it's not okay to question his nature. And so what I had to do was like, let me figure out what he possibly could be doing. And what he led me to do was look at my own life on reasons why I tell my children no, or why my mom told me no, or my dad told me no while I was growing up and make some parallels and try to take those reasons for the no's and see if those are some of the same reasons why God tells me no. So here are a few reasons that helped me to figure out why God told me no and to help me move closer to him without that wedge of just him being this mean, smiteful, smiteful, that's not a word, a God that smites. <laughs> so I had to remove that notion. And these are some of the reasons why and what helped me to remove those notions. Number one, like my mom used to always tell me because I said so, because I said so. And I'm like, that's not a good answer. But it really was because she had the authority at that point to tell me I don't always have to explain myself. And so when I thought about God, oftentimes he tells me no, because I feel that he doesn't give me this big sign that explains it. And he doesn't send like a prophet to tell me why he closed my womb. But sometimes he just says, you have to accept my no as a test of your obedience and dependence. And I may never give you a glimpse into why. Because I said so. He wants you to trust his nature even when you don't trust his plan or understand his plan. He wants, sometimes he tells us no to see if we will still 
believe that he is good, that he is kind, that he is merciful, that he goes before us, that he got this, that he is creative, that he wants the best for us, that he knows what we need, that he wants us to know that even if he does not tell you the reason why he said no, do you still trust his character even when you don't trust his hand? So you can look at so many places in the Bible where God stresses that he, I am who I am. Like in Leviticus 26, 13, he says, I am Yahweh, your God. In Isaiah 41, 13, he says, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand. Exodus 22, he says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. The scriptures are full of passages where God wants us to know just because I am. I want you to believe and hold on to that, even if you don't like what I'm doing, what I'm doing, because I said so. So one of the reasons that God tells us no is because he is testing our obedience and dependence on him and to ensure that we trust his character and who he is, even when we don't trust his hand. Something else, number two, that my mom would tell me is she would often say, you're not the only person in this house. And translation, like what God says, what God says in that scenario is I am working simultaneously in the lives of over 7 billion people. And sometimes I say no to you so that I can say yes to somebody else. Like maybe God hasn't blessed you with the promotion or another job because maybe he's bringing someone to your current job that he wants you to witness to. So he needs you. He's telling you no because he needs to say a yes to somebody else's salvation. Maybe he hasn't blessed you with the job because he's going to give Katie that job. And I know you don't care about Katie, but God does. <laughs> um, what about like a transplant? Like what about a health issue or a husband? Maybe he hasn't given you that husband because it's somebody else's husband. And I know we don't like that, but... Sometimes God knows God's no to us is because of a yes to someone else, because he is simultaneously working out the plan that he has for seven billion people on this planet. And the um, scripture reference that I think of or the story is Jonah. Um, when God told him to go to Nineveh, Jonah was not trying to go to Nineveh. Jonah was like, I don't like these people. I think they're ratchet. But. He found himself in the belly of a whale and still having to go to Nineveh is because God said, I am working on behalf of the Ninevites and I love them and I want you to go help them so they won't perish. So y'all, sometimes God's no to you is so that he can say yes to someone else. So number three, my mom would always say this. She would say, well, you made your bed. You have to lie in it. And I'm like, that's stupid, but I got it. What it meant was this is the bet that I chose. This was the consequence of what I chose. And oftentimes God says that to us. He says to us, translation, that there are consequences for our sin. Yes, God will forgive us, but there are still consequences to sin. And so we can choose our sin, but we can't choose that consequence. And th this is what I want you to hear on this point. You cannot mistake your disobedience for God's unfaithfulness. There are consequences for your sin. And just because those consequences are playing out, it doesn't mean that God is unfaithful. 
And so where in your life are you confusing your disobedience and the consequences of that disobedience for God's unfaithfulness? Like if you look at 2 Samuel, I think it's 12, and it's talking about when um, Uriah the Hittite was killed by King David. And David went and got with Bathsheba and all that story. And so Bathsheba got pregnant and the baby that Bathsheba had, the first one was sick. And David fasted and prayed and fasted and prayed and prayed and prayed. And God still chose to take the life of that firstborn child. Now, David could say that God was unfaithful to me. But the reality and the truth was, was that David was suffering a consequence of his own sin. So where in your life has God told you no um, because of a consequence of sin? Something else that my mom would say, she would say, I can hear this in my head now. She would say, I don't know what's gotten into you, but you have lost your mind. (laughs) I can literally hear her saying that now. But what she was saying or like God's translation of that. God would say in his words is that there is unaddressed sin or a pattern of disobedience. And I know that one of the verses that come to my mind is I think it's in numbers when God told Moses that he wasn't going to the promised land. And I was like, that is some shisty stuff. God, are you really not going to allow Moses to go into the promised land because he hit a rock? But it wasn't just because he hit a rock. As I studied this, I realized that Moses had a pattern of acting out and responding and reacting in anger to things that he didn't like. Like he killed a man when he saw them um, hurting hurting a slave. And there was another time that he had the stones when he came down from the um, from meeting with God and he had the Ten Commandments on the stones and he wound up breaking the stones. He had a pattern of disobedience. So when God told him to come down and speak to the rock and he got mad because the people were clowning and he hit the rock, God was like, I've had enough. I have had enough of your unaddressed sin. So my mom would say that I've lost my mind. God would say there's unaddressed sin. But at the end of that, there's a no. So where in your life do you have unaddressed sin? That if you address that sin and get on the path of obedience, that that no may turn into a yes. My mom would also say, number five, I think, she would say, you asked for it. There would be something that she would tell me no to. And I'm like, why? But she was like, no, 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 honey. This is what you asked for. Like God, though, his translation is this is currently a yes to a previously answered prayer. Like where in your life has God given you a blessing, blessed you with the answered prayer, but it's kind of cramped your style. And so now you're asking for something new or different. And God has said no. Like, for example, what about that job you just pray for and pray for and pray for? But now. It's a job that you don't necessarily love. It's busier than you thought, or it's um, making you have to have some life adjustments. And God is like, no, this is a yes. You asked me for it. So here, handle it. You asked for it. Or a big one, marriage and kids. We pray about it. We fast about it. We go to conferences about it. We, We like, Lord, send me my man. Lord, bless me with the kids. And when he does that, the work of marriage And the work of children can sometimes be overwhelming. And so many of us are like, Lord, I don't want this man no more. This, I don't No, And God is like, no, I do not release you to divorce. I need you to stick here and figure it out. 
and use my principles to make this marriage work? Like where in your life are you asking something new or different from God when he was like, no, this is a yes to a previously answered prayer. Something else my mom would say, and she still says this now. She says, you are never satisfied. So sometimes God tells us no. In his own words, God would say that what I have given you is enough. Where in your life are you confusing God not being faithful for you not being satisfied and for you not being grateful? Like Exodus 16 talks about like the manna that God gave the people and the Israelites and they just constantly complain. But he was like, listen, you asked me to bring you out of Egypt and this is the journey to Canaan. So in the meantime, I'm going to feed you with manna and different quail and you need to be satisfied with that. And I'm feeding you and because the other in other chapters of Exodus, they're, they're complaining about being hungry. And then he gives him manna and they're still complaining. And God is saying, no, I'm not going to rain down anything else from heaven. Manna is enough for now. And where do you need to be satisfied, sis? Where in your life is God saying, no, I ain't giving you nothing else until you show that you can be grateful and satisfied with, with what I have already given you? Um God is a God of abundance, but he is also a God of limits and restraints. And he does not want us to have an entitlement syndrome that God does not want us to think that he is just our genie in a bottle, that every time we rub him, he's going to give us what we want. Sometimes he says no, because he believes that his previous prior yeses are enough. Something else that my mom would say is that you don't even know what you need. (laughs) Sometimes she would be like, no, you cannot handle that. So God would say that what you're asking for may not be enough or you may not be able to handle it. One or the other. God may say that, no, I know you. I know what you can handle. And I don't think that that would bless you in the way that you would think. So I'm not going to give you that for your own good. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And another thing when he when he says that what we're asking for is not enough. What he's also saying is what we're asking for would be a limit to what he really wants to give us. Like, think about the dude that you thought was your husband and that you pray would have been your husband. You look at that man now and you're like, oh, Jesus, thank you for not answering that prayer. But then you look at the husband that you have now and he's so much better than that other dude. And you're like, Lord, I didn't even know what I needed then, but you knew that what I was asking for back then was, was limiting what you could do for me. So God often says no, because the question or the thing that we're asking him for, we either could not handle it or we're putting limits on what we really need. And what I think about is like in John 11, when Mary and Martha asked that, hey, y'all go get Jesus. Tell him to come save Lazarus. We don't want him to die. We know that God can save him from sickness. And the Bible says that Jesus delayed, which meant that he could have came to Mary and Martha in time to save Lazarus. But they didn't know what they were asking. Because what they didn't know is that Lazarus was going to die and be resurrected. If God had answered their earlier prayer of healing, they would have never seen the miracle of resurrection. Come on, somebody. That was the first time I said that like that. And that just blessed my soul. If God would have answered their earlier prayer of healing, they would have never seen the miracle of resurrection. Where in your life do you feel that God is telling you no, 
But if you really sit back and think about it, maybe it's because he is saving this no to tell you a yes to a greater blessing. Oh, Jesus. I am preaching to myself. Yeah, I'm recording this podcast in the car. People are walking by like, what is wrong with that girl? They don't know I'm in here massaging my soul. Okay. Another reason that God tells us no is that my mom would say this all the time. She said, you wouldn't know what to do with it. She would, you know, she would say, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself if I told you yes. So pretty much what she's saying and what God sometimes tells us is that we are not ready and prepared for the yes. Yeah. Y'all think y'all want a husband, but your attitude is too bad. You right now sitting around not talking to a friend because she made you mad. How are you going to live with somebody and have a husband and you still at 40 and 45 practicing the silent treatment? Like you think you want that new job that would take your income astronomically through the roof. But God is like the way that you spend right now. If I gave you more money, all you would do was become all you would do is become more of a spender. No, I'm not going to give you that job. Like where in your life? Do you need to prepare yourself for the blessing that you that you want? God is like, I'm telling you, no, because you are not ready. God will not allow your lack of patience to affect his plan. You saying, please, 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 with your lips pooched out is not going to make Jesus move any faster or different. But your preparation will make him give you that thing. All right. Another thing that my mom would tell me is that, no, you can't go to that party or no, you can't do that. And she would say, if they jumped off a bridge, would you do the same? And God's translation of that is that I have sanctified you and set you apart. You are not like the world. So sometimes God's no is because we can't do the same things in the same way that this world does. And that is the truth that we have to swallow and accept. Except we are different. God calls us aliens. So no, God tells us you cannot have the same thing that the world does. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says that for you are a people set apart for Adonai, your God. Y'all, we are set apart for Adonai. And sometimes his no is to consistently remind us that we have to live separate and sanctified in this world. And the last thing that my mom would sometimes tell me, this is 10 reasons, y'all, that God tells us no. Sometimes my mom would say that um, I just need to see if we're on the same page. Y'all, God sometimes says that he wants to know and he tells us no just to make sure that we have come to a place to fully believe and understand that what God has for me is good. That is one of the definitions of meekness, that even if God doesn't answer in the way that I want, I can rest in the fact that what God has for me is good. Y'all, I think about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham walked up there and was getting ready to slay his son because he ultimately knew that even though this don't make no kind of sense, God has a plan, and I trust that his plan for me and my son is good. So as we look to God, our father, and in this month of Father's Day, 
if you are finding it hard to feel that God is your dad, and it might be because of some things that he has said no to you regarding, take these 10 things and go back and sit in it and explore and see if this could possibly be the reason why. Y'all, I love y'all. God loves you all. And um, continue to just have a great day. I'm, 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 I didn't realize that this was going to minister to minister to and convict me so much. That's why I'm kind of talking in circles right now because I'm getting ready to go back and review some of this stuff for myself. So, hey, listen, y'all, this is Myra. You met me in the middle. As always, we remind ourselves that getting older with style and grace, it ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And remember, you can choose to make it a great day.